to help support this podcast and get exclusive bonus content and rewards, make a monthly pledge at patreon.com slash universe box. And, and remember, remember to, to think, think outside. outside. people take the law into their own hands, then there is no law. Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's hit series Gotham, set in the world of Batman. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie DeCamone. And uh, yeah, we're streaming right now for two hours as part of the DC TV podcast fundraiser in support of the Winslet uh, Can- Cancer Institute. Uh, right now, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you know you can donate right now. Uh, if you're on over on our chat over on Universe Box, it's right above the chat. Otherwise, you can go to dctvpodcast.com slash fundraiser. And there, there's a big chat going on over there, too. Uh, you might have, if you have like Flash Block or something, you might have to enable Flash for it to work and everything. But uh, we're really excited to be here today. Big two hour stream. I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. Uh, uh, but uh, we wanted to let you know we, we picked the Winsif uh, Cancer Institute on the recommendation of our friend and fellow DCTV podcaster, Rebecca Johnson of Supergirl Podcast. Uh, now, over the past year and a half, Rebecca has spent a lot of time uh, Winship through her uh, for, uh, through her treatments for uh, breast cancer. Uh, actually, we this is a big listener roundtable for season one, and we actually have uh, Rebecca is a listener too. So uh, we have Rebecca on right now. Uh, Rebecca, how you doing? What's up, Legends of Gotham? I, 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 so excited I, to be here. That that phrase is very very familiar. But uh, since uh, you're so uh, connected uh, with Winship and everything, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone a little about it? You know, basically that video you did. Uh, just do the, do a version of that. <laughs> okay. Well, I started going to Winship in January 2014. I had stage three HER2 positive breast cancer, which is mm-hmm. pretty bad. It's metastasized, and I had 16 uh, lymph nodes in my uh, right arm that had uh, cancerous stuff in it. So it had spread to my lymph nodes. Um, so I went to the Winship Cancer Institute on a recommendation of a, a doctor friend of mine. And uh, so I was in treatment. I had seven cycles of chemo. I had 30 sessions of radiation with them. Uh, I even had surgery through Emory Hospital. And uh, Winship just, you know, it saved my life. And uh, they do a lot of clinical trials and research. A lot of things, a lot of drugs that get developed come out of Winship. I've participated in a bunch of studies. One time they even did an MRI of my brain, which I was like, really, you want to study my brain? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but they were looking for proteins. They've, um, they've done a, a whole bunch of fatigue studies with me, kind of monitoring like how much I sleep and how much I exercise, like really important things that they can gather even more information about patients. So Winship is a, a it's an institute. So that means they have the right to do research. And mm-hmm. uh, I really encourage people to donate because every bit of your money goes to research. It's, it's not, it's, you know, some of the other cancer fundraiser organizations are great, but some of the stuff, uh, some of those organizations have to give, you know, there's an overhead. And so some of the percentage might go to something else, but with Winship, it goes straight to the research. And if you go to our uh, fundraising page, you can actually dictate where you want your money to go. So if you want it to go to breast cancer research, you can do that. Or if you want to want it to go to brain cancer research, you can do that. So that's one of the really cool things about giving through Winship is that it goes all to research. Yeah, yeah I, I noticed that too uh, we, when we went over and made our anonymous, it's anonymous donation. Uh, but uh, yeah, We're already, not telling. <laughs> already shattering uh, the goal because our, our goal for this marathon, this big, huge DC TV podcast marathon was $500 and uh, it's already raised over there uh, $720. So 
It's you amazing. Know. Yeah, it's it, so awesome. What uh, this is hour three of the marathon. So, uh, it, but we're not going to hang it up. We're we're not going to go home or anything. We're going to continue uh, podcasting, <laughs> talking about Gotham and everything. But if you guys want to go over and donate while we're talking, or even after the fact, I think uh, it's open for what thirty days after we get done today. I I think I saw over there. Uh, it's just dctvpodcast.com slash fundraiser, and uh, there'll be a big donate link uh, right about halfway down the page there. So definitely, uh, we we we, we want to get. Uh, our, our listeners as well as everybody else's listeners to get out there and support this really really great cause but we do have another guest we should probably get to and uh, this is a guy who uh, i i know that if he doesn't have uh the first voicemail played every week we we get letters like where where was this guy i'm not going to give his name yet until now it's bobby bobby hawk how you doing bobby bobby hey guys <laughs> bobby hawk Hey, Anne-Marie, what's going on? <laughs> Not too much. Yeah, uh, very Thank ex- you so much for joining us this week. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, we, we were like, uh, if we could have any two listeners on to talk season one of Gotham in full, you and Rebecca are definitely like our, our number one and two choices because uh, you guys are there pretty much every week. I think we tried to get we tried to get a Michael Lucero who, who's there pretty much every week too, but he was unavailable this afternoon. Sorry, uh, rip Michael Lucero. No, I'm kidding. He's he's fine. He's fine. I think he's just taking... <laughs> he, he, he's just taking a writer's holiday he's just dead to us that's all (laughs) (laughs) but uh, okay uh, let's see here so um i I guess uh you know we usually start out episodes of legends of gotham kind of uh, seeing what the mood is overall about the episode but since this is for season one I guess we'll go ahead and do it for season one. So I guess we'll start with uh, you, Anne-Marie. And by the way, Anne-Marie might have to uh, dip in and out here uh, throughout the episode because uh, she wasn't able to find a babysitter today. So, you know, she... I'm surrounded by small people. Yeah. So, so if you... I'm sorry. If you hear uh, cackling or evil children singing in the background, it's just Anne-Marie. Don't worry about it. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Anne-Marie, what did you think of season one overall? Uh, I'm going to give it a two thumbs up. A two thumbs up? Two That's thumbs the... up. You didn't give me a scale, so I'm just going to go with it. Well, this is overall. Right this now. is not the arbitrary scale. Overall. We'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. Oh, of course we will. <laughs> um, overall, I loved it um, for not being a comic book person, as everyone else you will hear in this entire like 10-hour marathon. I am not a comic person, <laughs> but I love me some Gotham. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Let's just say, I, I mean, we're going to be talking about the episode in full. What was your, what was your fate? Do you remember, have like a favorite line or a favorite quote from the season? Oh, for the love of God. I know, I did. I, I'm uh, springing this on you. Don't spring things. I have to research things, dude. Um, well, I don't have my notes on in front of me like you do. So um, I'm going to have to defer. I don't remember a favorite quote. That's fair enough. That's Sorry. fair enough. Hey, just think about I it. Fail. We'll come back to you. Okay, Bobby, uh, overall impressions. Season one, oh, Gotham. City of Angels. No, that's. Uh, Los Angeles, never mind. A bit mixed, honestly, on the whole on the season as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I've stated that in my voicemails over the season. It, it just kind of fell a bit short for me, but I do feel it picked up steam towards the end. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, That's don't, a fair... I don't really care for a lot of the characters in it, but uh, mm-hmm. I love Bullock. I love Bruce <laughs> and Alfred. I think the kids are the best part of the of the show. Oh yeah, their their plot line uh, constantly for me is just like a, a big source of engagement. Like I'm I'm always wanting them to get back to like Bruce's uh, kind of journey, <laughs> you know, in a way for sure. Okay, uh, Rebecca, what did you think of season one overall? I was really concerned at the beginning of the season because the first like two episodes were so all over the place for me. I was like, 
does anybody know how to write a TV show? <laughs> like, I got really <laughs> concerned. But it picked up towards, like, the, the mid-season finale, like the winter finale. And then towards the end of the second half of the season, it started to become a TV show. And I was more impressed about how, like, they were trying to further their storylines and how they were kind of developing the characters. So it picked up. Like, it had a rough start, but I, I thought it ended uh, fairly well. Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, as for me, um, yeah, I, I, I really liked it overall. Like, I, I, I do have one major complaint that we'll get to a little bit later in our discussion. But overall, absolutely loved it. And, I, like, I, I don't know how much of it was part of just how, how engaged we've been with it doing the podcast this season and how much of it was just, like, it was legitimately good stuff. But I, I like to think it was more uh, the second one than the first one. And I think uh, maybe our passion over the po- on the podcast just came out of our passion of just, like, I can't wait to sit down and watch Gotham every week. But uh, let's see here. Okay, so I guess uh, first we should probably just kind of talk about the characters a little bit and uh, go in on the characters, see what everybody thought about them. Okay, now uh, the big breakout star of the series, and this was something that was teased before uh, the show even uh, came on the air, uh, the pilot episode even aired, is is Oswald Cobblepot, uh, the Penguin. Uh, now, uh, this this was kind of the breakout character, the big one that everyone who watches the show, even if they hated the show, they love Robin Lord Taylor as the Penguin. So uh, let's see here. I I guess we'll go ahead and start it off with, uh, well, let's go back to Rebecca here. Rebecca, what were your impressions on the Penguin? And uh, what, what did you think of him at first? And uh, how did your opinion on him develop over the season? I love that he's kind of like a punk rock penguin. Like oh, he's yeah. got the crazy hair <laughs> and like the awesome suits. And I really love getting to get to know him. Like we've seen his deal with fish. We've seen him in the, the club. We get to know his mother, which is something I never thought I'd see. So I like the idea that we get to know him and and see all of his dealings with all these people in the underground and all of his uh, associates that sometimes he might double cross or or he gets double crossed. Like I like all of that like underground uh, activity because the penguin does you know in the comics he's kind of the guy that people come to to do stuff and so uh, mm. I've really enjoyed him and his performance is very good I like that he is totally committed to that limp <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and, I guess and the he, way uh, the he puts like walks. a pebble in his shoe or something to to uh, affect it so yeah it's a, it's a great performance and I think all the accolades that he's gotten and all the the positive reviews that he's gotten are so well deserved. You, you, I don't I, think the show would be as good without him. Like if anybody else was in that role, it, it wouldn't be the same. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, if they'd gone with like a more of a traditional penguin type, like a yeah portly old gentleman, like Patton Oswalt or something. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, it just wouldn't work. But having Robin Lord Taylor in that role was just amazing. Yeah, I, I also really like like Rebecca was saying that uh, you know everyone in the comics everyone comes to him and everything. It's he has a very similar relationship in the show with Jim Gordon as he does with Batman in the comics. In that you know anytime uh, Batman just it just needs to kind of uh, get a little wedge into the underworld to get a piece of information or something. Uh, I what you call Penguin's the guy he goes to. You know, and the same thing in Gotham. Anytime Jim Gordon needs to get, be a little bit shady to get something done, Penguin Penguin's uh, his go to guy all that that's probably costing him more and more uh let's see a little bit a little bit bobby we haven't heard from you oswald what do you think of oswald uh i love the like how manic robin lord taylor can be when he needs to be Mm -hmm. (laughs) those scenes where he just like totally loses it like like goes at a flower delivery guy with a bottle or or (laughs) attacks some homeless dude for a sandwich or you know just all the he's great uh quick to violence i really didn't think i'd 
Yes, yeah, but but you like you love to hate him. Oh, for sure, for sure. Sorry, sorry, exactly. sorry if I interrupted your point, Bobby. No, 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 you're fine. It's, uh, <laughs> you're fine. No, but I I also really like that uh that aspect that Rebecca was talking about too, kind of like the punk rock uh penguin because it, it Oswald's or what will probably eventually become the Iceberg Lounge is feeling more and more like kind of CBGBs or something, which which is a lot of fun and it, I think it's kind of cool too because it seems like they're the show uh, runners are using it as sort of a, uh, a a launching pad to kind of feature some indie uh, music acts and everything in New York City, which is really cool. Because I've seen like uh, the past uh, couple times they've had a band at Oswald's, like the band, the actual band from New York City will tweet out, "Hey, I was just on Gotham. It was so cool." And oh, everything. Really? oh, that's cool. Using I didn't real know bands. That. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, they're using oh. <laughs> real bands and everything for it for sure. That's pretty cool. Buffy cool. the Vampire Slayer used to do that on <laughs> in like their their nightclub they had you know right mm-hmm. band real bands in there all the time oh uh, but uh, they also would like cross promote that like at the end of the episode they'd be like buy this cd mm-hmm. buy this band you know well smallville famously did that where they'd have promo pete like pass the cd of the band playing at the end of the episode <laughs> right in front <laughs> <Yeah>. of the <laughs> camera <laughs> hint hint nudge nudge <laughs> update from andy uh we're now up to 740 dollars so Woo-hoo. awesome you guys uh, Am- so amazing, Emery. Is yes. the uh, is the TV playing up there? No, sorry, they're on the, they're on the computer. I keep trying to mute, but I don't want to be totally silent. Oh yeah, yeah. I was just so, uh, um, gonna let you be aware to maybe ride the mute just a little bit more than you have been. And uh, definitely, definitely, if you if you jump in, I'll try to make some space for you to talk too, since you'll have like a delay in having to unmute and everything. So uh, is that cool, Anne Marie? <laughs> I will unmute and tell you yes, and now I will mute again. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay, well, actually, you know, just to throw things all in arrears, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and throw to Anne Marie and ask her what she thinks of Alfred and Bruce so far. Uh, what does she think of uh, the relationship between Alfred and Bruce? Al and Brew, I say, I call them. A, A, you're a jerk. <laughs> um, <laughs> B, um, I love Alfred and Bruce. I think they have one of the most complex and amazing relationships in this entire show. Um, I want to know more and more and more and more about them. Mm-hmm. And I wanted 20 more seconds at the end of that finale to find out what's in the cave. <laughs> well, uh, you're, you're someone who, uh, who, isn't really too familiar with uh, the comic book versions and, and everything. Did, did, Not uh, even remotely. Did the portrayal of <laughs> Alfred uh, surprise you from what you knew from, I, I don't know, just like the movies and stuff like that? Or, or, or what, did it excite you? Like, like how, how did you take uh, kind of a super spy Alfred? Um, Never, ever pictured him to be a super spy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the whole military background actually really surprised me because I don't know exactly which Batman cartoon show it is, but I don't know. I just picture him as sort of, you know, the little old British guy with the mustache. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman, the animated <laughs> series, you mean, right? That's sick, by the way. Yeah. I don't know. I literally <laughs> don't know. <laughs> it's whatever he's on and the children are watching. See, if you've never um, listened to Legends of Gotham, uh, I, I, I'm like. the hardcore Batman fan. Emery's the normie who comes comes in to to get her normie opinions all over everything don't call me normie she's a muggle she's a muggle i am not a muggle (laughs) (laughs) when gaudium leviosa (laughs) when gothium leviosa i think would be the better way to say it very nice okay i'm gonna go ahead and mute myself again enjoy (laughs) okay bobby alfred and bruce what's up um i really love 
the like family dynamic between the two of them, how, you know, I mean, I'm sure they were close before it happened, but I feel like, you know, Alfred is just as hurt by the loss of, of, uh, Thomas and, uh, Martha. Is that her name? Uh, uh, anyway, yeah. it doesn't yeah. matter. Yes. <laughs> doesn't matter. They're uh, dead yeah. now. Even I knew that one, Bobby. Even I knew that one. <laughs> Wait a second. One. <laughs> I, 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 I think we're talking about dead Thomas and Martha Wayne. I think that calls for Bruce Wayne yell. You guys ready? One, two, three. Okay, sorry, Bobby. Go ahead. Wait, hold on. Okay, there we go. Uh, no, I was just saying I really love, you know, how just how close they are and how, you know, like the, the moments of, like, Alfred imparting, like, fatherly advice on Bruce and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. Now, now how, how did you – because, I mean, you're a little more familiar with the comics, but uh, featuring the Alfred's kind of military spy background and everything, that's kind of a – that hasn't really been done too much since the Silver Age until the Batman uh, Earth-1 graphic novel that came out a couple of years ago. Uh, were you expecting that, anticipating that? Hey, how did you feel about that overall? I, I was definitely expecting that, especially with the casting of uh, Sean Perkins. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I I was actually expecting more of it, to be honest with you. So I'm hoping we'll get more of that going into season two. Maybe not necessarily him being badass now, but maybe some, you know, uh, bat flashback episodes, you know, some episodes dealing with what he used to go through or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Some more training maybe with him and Bruce. Yeah, that I mean, that's definitely got to happen, mm-hmm. obviously. Although they did kind of touch on this year uh, when Reggie was staying with them and everything that uh, I think uh, Bruce is definitely going to be looking outside of the household for for some of his training and everything. Because I think he realized that, uh, you know, Alfred's great and everything, but not everybody fights like Alfred, especially the the villains and stuff in Gotham. So I think he's definitely going to be looking a little bit outside of Alfred, too, uh, for some of his training. I also feel like Alfred's been a bit reluctant to train him in, you know, the ways of like what like reggie would but maybe some revelations going into the bat cave or whatnot will make alfred think otherwise yeah it, well this is something we actually brought up a little bit in our finale uh coverage and everything uh do you think that alfred had had any idea that thomas wayne was up to mischief or, or do you think that it came as much as a surprise to him as bruce did like do you think that scene when bruce was kind of discovering what was going on alfred was to her was he playing dumb i think it's a little of column a and column b i feel like i feel like uh he probably knew more than he let on but maybe not as much as you know what was going on mm-hmm. yeah like uh it, there's a, there's definitely some mystery down there I, w- I really wish the camera had just gone down those stairs another like 10 <laughs> seconds ah. but uh, okay at least they had the bats fluttering and whatnot yeah the yeah <laughs> nice actually though. actually you know what i can probably hold on one second <laughs> There we go. I can do a little <laughs> echo. <laughs> okay, uh, Rebecca, uh, Alfred and Bruce, or all Bruce, as a, as the shipping name. For, no, not shipping name. Uh, just a combo no. name. Yeah, yeah. No, let's, no, let's not go there. Let's not go there. Let's walk back the all Bruce. But Rebecca, what did you think of them overall? <laughs> Uh, I I liked it. At the beginning, I was kind of laughing about it because like Bruce would be like, I don't want to do that. And then Alfred would be like, "Okay, you don't have to do that. And it would be like, I don't want to go to school. And and Alfred would be like, "Okay, fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I was sort of like, oh, I guess he is a rich, spoiled kid. Mm -hmm. So uh, that dynamic I was kind of surprised by. But uh, I like the stuff with him training Bruce. Y'all were talking about kind of how he was training him how to fight and do some of that stuff. And, And I do think that Alfred probably knows some stuff about Thomas because I would like to think that Alfred and Thomas Wayne's relationship is very similar to the way Alfred interacts with Bruce. Like, 
like mm-hmm. in my mind, like Alfred would be the person who Thomas probably confided in when he needed to, just like Bruce does. So I really liked the development of Alfred and Bruce. And even that there's that episode where they like go out into the woods. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forget yeah. what episode that was. Oh, yeah. I think that was like um, episode really 16 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was like my favorite Alfred and Bruce episode because like they both were mourning the death of the Waynes. It mm-hmm. wasn't just a Bruce thing. It was an Alfred thing, too. Yeah. yeah, I really like how Alfred keeps giving Bruce crap about liking Selena, too. Like, are you, are you sure yeah. that's why, Master Bruce? Are you sure? Are you really sure? You have a little crush going on there. Uh, no, yeah, but- I think Alfred wants him to have a friend. So mm-hmm. I, I think that's an interesting dynamic that he he wants him to have other people in his life. But he's like, oh, I don't know. Just be careful. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. It, yeah, and it, like like I said before too, I I, I just love Alfred's uh, kind kind of uh that that kind of half smile he always has going on and everything. It, it's it just, and I see Amy uh, Marie in the chat room going, "LOL, Alfred pro- plus Bruce shipping. How very Game of Thrones." Uh, <laughs> Good joke if you get Game of Thrones for sure. Okay, so I guess we'll go ahead and move on to uh, the actually, and this is like the main character, so I don't know why he's number three on the list and combined with somebody else. But uh, Gordon and Bullock. <laughs> uh, wait, what do you guys think about uh, Gordon and Bullock? And actually, Bobby, we'll start with you this time. What do you think, Gordon Bullock? Uh, Bullock. That's kind of interesting because I feel like uh, I really love the dynamic of them together. Taken separately, though, like Bullock is probably uh, my favorite character on the show. Mm-hmm. But I think that has a lot to do with uh, the actor portraying him. And but then Gordon, it feels like like you like you were saying. Like I, he, I he think it's be because you could totally. I, I'm I'm sitting here staring at your picture on Skype right now. You could totally cosplay as Bullock. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> you got the beard, the kind of long hair. <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> do it up. But um, but Gordon, how you were saying, he's not necessarily he he should be the main character of the show, and it feels like he's been relegated to a side character sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, very true. Like I, I mean, there, agreed, there, agreed, there, agreed. There's been a slow progression <laughs> with him, or sort of a, a degression, kind of like a dipping down into the muck and the mire of Gotham City. But but uh, it, it's not the other characters have gone through much stronger, bigger changes faster than Gordon has. He's kind of just a he's been kind of a in a holding pattern uh, since uh, he made his first big compromise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but uh, I love, as far as the dynamic between, you know, when you say Gordon and Bullock, you know, putting them as uh, characters together, I love mm-hmm. those moments when, like, Bullock's like, we're not doing this, we're not doing this, we're not doing this, and Gordon's just like, okay, you're done, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I also really like how Bullock lately has been sor- sort of uh, jumping back in, and he- he's he's been kind of trying to dissuade uh, Jim from uh, getting too deep into dangerous situations, because I-, I think he-, he likes the partnership, he likes their relationship, and he doesn't want to do anything too crazy to, you know, put the- both of their lives at risk just because they work so well together, where at first he was kind of like, ah, oh, this guy, this uh, goody two-shoes over here, he's-, he's kind of grown to have a respect for Jim, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. He has no room to talk, though, Mister. I'm smooching on fish. <laughs> Just randomly for he that one episode. Can't even talk. Yeah. That, hey, she saved him in the finale. She did. He must be a very good kisser. He's a very good kisser. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Amory. Well, why don't we go ahead and move on and talk to, to you a little bit about uh, Jimmy Boy and uh, Harvey Harvey Beardy guy Bullock. 
Oh, you and your nicknames are awful today. I know, right? Um, they're really, yeah. Um, yeah, he really, Gordon feels like he's a side character now. Like, he's there to move things, but he's not the interesting story mm-hmm. at all. He's not, that's not why I'm tuning in. I'm tuning in to see everybody else. He's not the name on and the marquee. Just, he really isn't, but yet he is. Um, <laughs> he is the name on the marquee. He's just not giving us that story. Um, well, it's, it's like going to see a production first. of Our Town. Like, you're not going there... The stage manager is the star, but you're not going there for the stage manager. You're going there for the lovely uh, romantic uh, story between the Gibbs, uh, the Gibb and the uh, Webb kids, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it's like is he is the through line for all of these stories, mm-hmm. but he's not the story, really. Yeah, And I, I know uh, you had some issues uh, with him at first because uh, they had that whole uh, kind of PTSD thing going with him where he, he would have like these kind of like manic episodes while he was like chasing a suspect and everything. They kind of dropped that like a real quick to uh, it. But you didn't like that too much, right? Not so much. The wobbly. <laughs> I don't deal with wobbly cameras. <laughs> and stuff like that it just felt very out of place because oh look we're running we're running and everything's crazy and running and running and and we never came back so (laughs) apparently they heard me and they mm-hmm. deleted that. They were like, Anne Marie doesn't like it. We got to cut this. Anne Marie doesn't like it. Ryan <laughs> here will save some money. We won't do that effect anymore. Okay. Uh, so there's that. Okay. I guess we'll ask, uh, move on to Rebecca now. Uh, Rebecca, what do you think about Borden? Uh, which is the, the Bullock Gordon uh, shipping name, which I think is is, yeah. is much more appropriate than the uh, than the Alfred Bruce one. Yeah, I'm sure there are some, you know, shippers out there. What is that? Hashtag Borden? Yeah, hashtag like, Borden. Hashtag, 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 okay, hashtag Borden, Borden versus hashtag uh, Gorkins. <laughs> yeah, I I um really enjoy their dynamic, and I was glad because you know those first couple of episodes of Gotham, like there were there was this pattern where Jim would get in trouble and Bullock would come in and save him, and I was like, okay, I'm kind of tired of this after like third time it's happened. Mm-hmm. But towards the you know, I mean, over the course of the season, it was pretty evened out, and I really like Donald Logue as Harvey Bullock, and I think he's really done a good job of just becoming that character. So every mm-hmm. time he's on screen, I love uh, love seeing him. So I, I I have more of a preference for Harvey Bullock than I do for Jim Gordon. I, I'm I think we sort of touched on it, but I would like to see more of Jim Gordon explored. I would like to see more of his back. Like even though they did drop the uh, the uh, his his problems from his military days or whatever. I would mm-hmm. like to see more of Jim Gordon because I think that would be a, a good way to get to know him. Oh, definitely. I, 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 I'm I'm really glad they're keeping Leslie around too, just so we can kind of keep an yes. eye on his the personal side of Jim Gordon too. You know. So. Yeah, I think they're going to explore some of his probable daddy issues here in season two, mm-hmm. seeing as how the whole exchange with um, him and Falcone and the knife and all of that. Well, that's kind of been like something- bubbling under the surface the whole season too because i that his first conversation with falcone featured that too right that's what i was gonna say it was like you know it was very early on in the season that they mentioned it and then they just brought it back it was like oh yeah i completely forgot about that even being a thing so there's that oh a dc tv uh podcast and i'm assuming that's andy in the chat room says but i want more of montoya we do too we're getting there we're getting there but first i think we should probably talk about uh and this is a character that we brought up very briefly before uh, fish 
Fish Mooney, uh, kind, kind of a contentious character. You either loved her or you hated her or you liked her for the first episode, then hated her for <laughs> episodes two and three, then liked her again from episode four on until she went to <laughs> Dollmaker Island. Opinions vary. And um, then everybody hated her. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, actually, let, let's go ahead and uh, we'll start where we left off uh, again uh, with Rebecca. What, what did you think of Fish Mooney? Fish Mooney. Well, actually, I sort of liked her whole thing with the Dollmaker just because it was a good glimpse of seeing how she might have come to power in Gotham. Mm -hmm. Like she goes in there, just kind of one of the prisoners and somehow she becomes their leader and gets off that island. Mm -hmm. So that survival instinct of hers was was, uh, really fun to see because I just imagine that's kind of how she came into power with the underground of Gotham. So I... I, I loved how campy she was. I know some people probably didn't like that, but I enjoyed Fish, and I thought she was a good new character for the Batman mythos because I think every different telling of a comic book story should add something to it. And so I'm, I'm hoping we'll see more of Fish Mooney in future tellings of Batman. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it, one of the things that was a little weird with her was kind, kind of like the inconsistent uh, vocal quality she had the first few mm-hmm. episodes. Like at certain times she sounded like a kind of just a, a standard Jada Pinkett Smith character. And then she'd sound like a Julie Newmar or Eartha Kitt. And she, it, it, it was weird because it, it, at the beginning she was pulling in all these kind of like, it, you could hear like influences of previous cat women in, in her, in her uh, vocal qualities. And it, that didn't really make sense to me until the final episode where you see, and I think we talked about this a bit too, Anne Marie. I, the final episode where you see Selena working with her and kind of like, see, looking to fish as kind of like a role model or someone she can grow inspiring to be. Inspiring her. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. It, inspiring. Yeah. If you want to pick that torch up and talk a little bit about it, Anne Marie. Oh, okay. I'll pick up that torch. Sure. <laughs> it's right there on the table. <laughs> That, oh, it's on the table. Nice. Um, no, it was really interesting to see how that um, Selena even followed her because she was just like, "Hey, crazy lady, getting off the boat? What? I'm not a kid." And then suddenly she's working for her, and she's like her mini me, and she's purring and snuggling next to her, which was a little <laughs> odd and disconcerting. But um, yeah, it was neat to see that because you could definitely see her realize that she didn't just have to be a street kid. Like mm-hmm. you could almost see that in the last episode. Like it wa- wasn't much. It was only you know a couple scenes Mm -hmm. but you could see the wheels turning um for her to well rise to some sort of power yeah here's a power structure i can probably climb because fish did it and i like fish and so i can probably do that too sort of thing and really in a sense she's tougher than fish Mm -hmm. i feel i mean yeah fish will slice you with their fingernails and (laughs) such but i don't know cat's pretty ruthless yeah Mm -hmm. like cat seems more yeah, I still wish we had a, had a clearer idea of Fish's kind of like childhood and background too, because I, I I wonder if she mm-hmm. did she grow up grow up like Selena grew up, or did she grow up like I don't know in kind of like a a privileged sort of household where maybe like her parents were involved with the mob at that time, and she kind of grew to power, you know, just kind of like in a kind of sycophantic like taking over the family business kind of way. Yeah. It felt a little more like that because mm-hmm. we did see her mom. So we think it was never actually confirmed. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. There was the old lady. <laughs> um, so the old lady it definitely scene. would have been nice to get the old lady scene. Um, 
been nicer to get more of her story, but well, she's dead and gone now. So, or uh, well, at least that. she's in the water. We did, we never saw her a body. She's swimming. She went she's for swimming. Swim. Yeah, fishes are known yeah. for Fish their swimming. Swim. Exactly. Yeah, fishes are known for swimming. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so, so Bobby, uh, what, what what do you think? Uh, was fish a catch, or should we throw her back? What do you think? <laughs> throw her back. <laughs> <laughs> you never liked her, did you? No, I've never. Never like no no no. <laughs> He's like no I'm no not never. I'm not a fan of ham. I'm not a fan of ham. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, ham or cheese. So uh, uh, cheese and corn can be okay, but ham I don't know. <laughs> no, but no. It's making me hungry. <laughs> no, but seriously, I love I like Jada Pinkett Smith, so I don't think it was her. I don't know if it was just w- what she decided to bring to the character or what she was directed to bring to the character, but I just mm-hmm. never cared for her at all. <laughs> See, like I I kind of saw her at times too as kind of kind of trying to do the 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 whole uh kind of big uh, guest star of the week 1966 Batman villain too. I I saw a lot of that like a modern version of that in her performance too, which I guess, you know, love it or hate it, but it, it it's a way to play it definitely. Yes. And 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 to be honest, there were a few moments that kind of felt like that in this show. Mm-hmm. And uh now that you bring that up, it almost kind of, there there were times where it almost felt like it didn't really especially in the first part of the season didn't really know what kind of show it wanted to be. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, anyway. Yeah, there was definitely a bit of that kind of trying to find its footing and then kind of getting thrown off its footing because of the increased episode order. Uh, but you yes, know, definitely. I guess that's a great, great segue to talk about this character, because I believe this episode was originally slated to be like the season finale. And uh, that, that was uh, the blind fortune teller. And, uh, you know, what character was introduced in that episode? I, I guess, you know, if, if I don't know how this is going to work with the Skype lag and everything, but I guess it's about time to look at that this Joker. Look at this Joker. Hey, he killed his Joker. mom. We talked about it. Legends of Gotham.com. Look at this Joker. He's really sweet. Look, look at this Joker. Joker. He'll cut off your feet. Look, look at this Joker. 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 Yes, look at this yeah. Joker. This is the segment where we talk about all the clues, stuff, and whatnot about uh, Joker on Gotham. Uh, Legends of Gotham.com. Click on Look at this Joker right at the top. A lot of fun. We're going to be talking mainly, I think, about the character most people are assuming at this point is the Joker, Jerome, uh, who was introduced in the episode, The Blind Fortune Teller. He, like I said in the song, he killed his mom and everything. Um, but, uh, okay, let's see here. I'm going to pick a random person in the listing here. Why don't we go with Bobby? What did you think about uh, our old boy Jerome? And you can also expand this out to talk a little about the uh, Red Hook game and stuff, too, if you want. Uh, I really think, I, I don't remember the actor's name, but I think, the Jerome character was great, and uh, if they don't make him the Joker, I'm going to be quite upset unless they totally wow me. Mm-hmm. But um, but as far as like you were saying, the red, the only other direction I would want them to go is with that kid who picked up the red hood at the end of the uh, um, uh, the, uh, the <laughs> red the hood game. red hood red game. hood episode. <laughs> yes, thank you, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I don't, you know, if it's not one of those two characters, then I'm going to be upset. Like, I don't want it to be Barbara. Yeah, I, I could definitely, <laughs> I could definitely see, uh, the, the Red Hood gang kid kind of looping back around and maybe running in, into, uh, Jerome 
you know, in prison or something too, for sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I, so, so, so you liked him overall. You like the Joker voice, the Joker laugh, all that sort of like, uh, oh, yeah, it, it, it was dead on. I mean, it, it was great. I mean, we all knew it was coming, but then once he, that little turn he made in the interrogation room, I mean, it was great. What, what do you think about the idea of having a Joker, uh, origin at all? Cause I, I, I know some, it, Fans are very mixed on this, especially fans of the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, uh, Christopher Nolan movies where the Joker was, uh, and the, some comics where he's given a very, he has no origin origin. You know, so it's kind of controversial. What do you think about, you know, doing an origin on the Joker in general? Cause we have heard that season two, Joker, Joker, Joker. I hadn't even thought about that as far as I see what you're saying about actually defining an origin for the Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's never really bothered me. And like I said in the last uh, voicemail, I believe that like this, we can't judge this show by any other version of the Batman story. I mean, mm-hmm. this is totally its own beast, its own animal. And I mean, if they decide to define an origin for Joker, it's not like it's going to be the origin for Joker. It's just going to be this show's origin for Joker. So there's still going to be many origins out there. Yeah, like uh, we, we've we've called it on the show uh, Earth G. This is Earth Gotham, and uh, you know it, right. it, they they can do whatever they want, and it's not going to hurt your version of the Joker necessarily. Uh, but uh, right. <clears throat> let's see, uh, Rebecca, what did you think of uh, the Joker w- once we looked at this Joker? Of course, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with Bobby. I think his turn in that interrogation room was. I was surprised by how much I was impressed with that because the Joker is such a difficult character to do because a lot of people have their ideas in their head about what the Joker should be. Some people think that Jack Nicholson's Joker is the 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 Joker. Some people mm-hmm. think, oh, you can't do better than Heath Ledger. And now people are, you know, mixed on Jared Leto's Joker. But mm-hmm. I was pleasantly surprised by how well he captured that kind of crazy eye you know, the, the crazy look in his eyes. Oh, yeah. So I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that he was able to do that. And because some, so many people love that character, love that character as a villain. And so if it was not good, people might be upset, mm-hmm. but he did a great job. And I do think there is something to having a little bit of a mystery to the character. I think Bobby makes a good point that whatever Gotham decides to do, this is Gotham's story and they can do whatever they want to. But I I think there is an element of, I'm not really quite sure what's (laughs) in his backstory that makes him a little scarier. And I, I, I'm open to seeing what they, what they do. But overall, I, I thought Jerome was great. Yeah. Like I, I, for me, as far as like the do the origin, don't do the origin question, I really like it just because, well, one, I, I mean, I, I, Kind of like the uh, origin from the comics, you know, the killing joke sort of uh, comedian down on his luck it falls in with the Red Hook gang and everything. I like that origin okay, but I, I know when I was a kid growing up watching Batman 66, when I saw the, the, the these villains, like every week I wanted to see the uh, origin of these villains and find out how they came to be. And they never had it. So if, if nothing else, like – and I, maybe that's just a, in Gotham in general – I'm really enjoying getting kind of a, a look behind the villains, even though I, I know their origins from the comic or Batman, the animated series. I don't know, like er, Gotham feels like it feels like a reboot of the 66 series to me in a lot of ways in kind of like a dialing it back like a prequel almost. So so it's it, it's really cool and exciting to me to see uh, these origin stories pop up. And uh, with Jerome, I really like too just all the little little nods they had, uh, you know, well, the Joker is a clown. So he starts in the circus and, uh, you mm-hmm. know, they, they had uh, his grandfather wearing the very Jack Nicholson-esque suit. 
I, a lot, a lot of little things like that. Uh, but I, I guess I am Marie. What did you think of Jerome overall? Okay. So unpopular opinion. He wasn't my favorite. I actually kind of like <laughs> some of our, um, Joker ideas better. Mm-hmm. Like Laszlo? I think of off the top of, yeah, well, I love Laszlo, <laughs> but, um, it just, maybe it's because we knew it was coming. We knew it was going to be in that episode. We got teased and teased over and over. Yeah. A lot of people it, said the marketing spoiled it for them too. The marketing did. I would have 300% preferred just going into an episode. You know, actually, I think they'd have been fine if they'd have just teased the Graysons in that episode. Mm-hmm. And then boom, there's the Joker. Yeah, like, you're, you're not I expecting that it. Been much better. Yeah. No, you, it, it's just such a big character. It shouldn't have been spoiled as, uh, just like how they spoiled the cave, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that was like um, the final just, moments of the episode and they, they do the trailer for, <laughs> for it. Right. So it just um, maybe their marketing team needs a little bit of help with that. <laughs> they need to know when to pull back. Um, or, or like, may, well, I think the thing is, especially in season one, they're probably just trying to like hook in as hard as much on like a, a right. core audience to take them into season two too so they're trying to get those big right, moments out there that's also biting them in the butt because that's one thing they're getting criticized for is the fact that everything's just flying out the door mm-hmm. we already have how many mega villain like <laughs> how many of the big villains and it's only been one season yeah like that, right? that that is a criticism but like i mean i like the way they're handling it okay and this is uh someone we'll be talking about in a second but the, like the way they did the scarecrow is cool because like yeah that that's basically his origin, but there's still a lot to play out in that story. So they're introducing these villains, but they're they're still giving plenty of like wiggle room for them to tell more of their story going forward. You know, right, right. I'm I'm just I'm not the one complaining. I don't know anything <laughs> about 97 of these. You're people. like I'm, I'm just, just trying like, to. Hey, look, you're fun. <laughs> I'm just trying to respect <laughs> fan represent fan opinion here, Bill. Get, lay off. <laughs> exactly. Listen, I like the police procedurals. That's my role here. Let's okay, proceeding. It, that, that was something else that was kind of cool with Jerome too. That was kind of he was introduced as one of those just random uh, witnesses that you would see on Law and Order SVU. That kind of comes back and is actually the killer later on. He reminded me so much of one of those. They're usually like the the name guest stars, like the Stephen Colbert's or whatever, you know, when they have one of those Absolutely. guys on, they they bring them on as like a, a witness early on and then it loops back around and, oh, he's actually the killer involved in the killing and everything. So I thought those that was Those are my cool. favorite episodes of SVU. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, be, before we move on from uh, – before we stop looking at this Joker, I, I think we should uh, go around the panel and just uh, find out who everybody's like favorite, like ideal, like the pl- platonic form of the Joker is in your mind. Like who Who's your ideal Joker? And we'll start with Rebecca. Oh, that's tough. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, when I was a kid, I loved Jack Nicholson's Joker, but uh, I thought Heath Ledger did such a good job of taking it to the next level. He mm-hmm. was he was crazy and scary, but he was also really funny. And I, I thought that was a cool take of him in the real world. And he was very dangerous, too. And the air of mystery was great. And I think somebody in the chat was uh, they've, been, they've been talking about Mark Hamill's Joker. Mm-hmm. And I think he also set a, he set a really high standard of the Joker cackle and his interactions with, you know, Batman calling him bats and <laughs> uh, his relationship with Harley. And mm-hmm. uh, so I think Mark Hamill did a lot to set a standard for the character uh since then oh definitely so i guess those would those would be my two i guess yeah yeah, yeah. i think i think anybody is gonna have to say a mark hamill's joker too just because i mean that that's the character we've had for the past well i mean everyone on this panel for the majority of our lives he's been the joker you know so okay uh bobby who's your favorite joker um 
That's going to be hard to pick. I'd probably have to say Mark Hamill, of course, as well, like you were saying, along with everyone else. But I'm going to go with one that no one's going to say and say Andrew Koenig. Uh, if you ever saw, the, there was a fan-made short film called Batman Dead End. I believe I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like, it's like Batman in an alleyway versus Predator and the Joker and yeah. Alien. Yeah, I, I was going to say and, I thought it was Predator. I couldn't I couldn't remember exactly, but yeah. Yeah, uh, but Andrew Koenig, uh, if a lot of people don't, realizes the guy who played boner in uh in uh, growing pains okay yeah and i know him i know him and he's the son of uh walter koenig the uh check from star trek oh that's great i didn't know that either learning all sorts of stuff today <laughs> he, he has, I'm, I'm just I'm, now looking at <clears throat> pictures of him and he is terrifying yeah he has yeah, long I'm flowing hair terrifying. now like he, he has like fabio well, hair I, yeah, unfortunately, he passed away a few years ago, actually. Oh, you wow. know what? I remember hearing about that. So, yeah. Uh, it, but anyway, uh, his his take on the Joker was great. Mm. Sorry, I didn't, was, wasn't trying to... <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's a, it's okay, and uh, apologies uh, to to making fun for making fun of his hair too. I wasn't aware he'd passed away. Uh, but uh, okay, and, <laughs> now I just feel bad. Jeez, Bobby. Jeez. No, See if no, we invite so you a, on a listener. A, a, what? AK forty seven gone but not forgotten. <laughs> That's what they say all the time. He's he was a member of uh, never not the never not funny podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that wasn't it. Something like he he uh, he was out. He was he he like he went on a hike and went missing and yeah. for like a week and yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and he, but again that was you know all good thoughts ak47 gone but not forgotten again oh. sorry i wasn't trying to bring anything down or not oh no no that's fine that's fine and he, yeah i remember because uh he he was uh involved in that and then, then he i think he was a uh, kind of like a production guy for comedy bang bang a couple times too if i remember correctly yeah yeah he he did after he left uh growing pains he did a lot of uh of um he was very instrumental in early podcasting. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Very cool. Okay, uh, Anne Marie, who's your Joker? Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go with I already loved Heath Ledger, and then they put him in that role, so it sort of made me really love him. Uh-huh. Um, but that's really the first Joker that, from when I even started to pay attention to any of this, I didn't grow up in a house where we did things like watch Superman and Batman, like comics and comic book stories and cartoons weren't what we watched we, mm-hmm. we were sports and music people um so it just wasn't any of that so you didn't so have one you ho- hooked in just, on early on right no there was no i didn't have that exposure so the first time i ever really knew was heath ledger because there, it was heath ledger so you know there was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, let's so. see as for as for me like obviously hamill's like the uh the gold standard i also really liked uh, what caesar romero did with the role of course but I would actually have to say, like, my ideal Joker wouldn't wouldn't be from any, like, media version of the story. It would probably be from the comics. And it would actually probably be from uh, the first Joker story, which I just completely blanked on the name. I think it's called The Laughing Fish or something like that. But uh, just, like, if you've never seen the Golden Age Joker, just go look at a picture of him. Creepy as hell. <laughs> like, uh, he, he just, uh, he has this, he looks kind of like the Joker you'd see on the back of, like, a uh, like an old playing card set because that's basically what he was modeled after and it just super creepy and just uh the the nature of the story which they kind of uh used as a uh, inspiration for the uh heath ledger's uh plot or like his kind of big second act gambit in the dark knight is basically him just like uh saying okay the mayor's gonna die in 24 hours okay the police commissioner's gonna die in 24 hours and then they they just instantly 
you know, surrounded by guards. They just drop dead with a big smile on their face. Super creepy, especially for the 40s. And just at any time I like picture like the ideal Joker, I, th- I think of the Joker from that story. It probably just because, I don't know, that's where it was incepted from and everything. So, okay, let's see here. Let's, uh, oh, what I was want, that? I'm sorry, Bill. I just wanted to tag on to what you were saying there, that the Joker is actually based on Conrad Veet uh, mm-hmm. from a silent movie in the 20s called The Man Who Laughs. Yeah, if The Man Who Laughs, the, yeah. The movie, if you look at the movie poster, I mean, it almost looks like a movie poster with the Joker on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think it was like, because uh, Bill Finger uh, basically created him, if I remember correctly, it was kind of like a yes. co- combination mm-hmm. of the two. He like he liked both of those kind of images and kind of mashed them up. Plus, I I mean yes. the uh, the uh, man who laughed was kind of kind of, the character the characterization anyway was, was very Joker esque anyway for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we want to check in on our fundraiser going on here over at uh, dctvpodcast.com slash fundraiser. We're still at seven forty. I where we were uh, when we got that update from Andy. So we'd like you guys to get over there and donate a little bit. Come on, uh, you know it's a great cause, the Winship Institute and everything. Uh, like I said, you can go to dctvpodcast.com slash fundraiser to do it. And you can do the, that even if you're listening to this episode, uh, you know, way down the line, a couple weeks down the line or whatever, because I, I think we have about 30 days here where we or uh, Oh, no, actually, 229 days. Plenty of time. Yeah, to get... it's uh, it's it's through the uh, Winship mm-hmm. 5K race. So, yeah, you, you've got some time if you can't donate today. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and we, we've already, like I said, we smashed our goal of $500. We'd like to at least double that today during the marathon. So if you can get over there, even throw just a couple bucks in, uh, really appreciate it. DCTV co- or DCTVpodcast.com slash fundraiser. And uh, you can get the donation in over there. Okay, back to talking about characters. And for me to get a break from talking, too, which will be nice. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the next big character that they came up with here, which was kind of a, a two-episode arc they gave him, was the Scarecrow, Jonathan Crane and kind of through the lens of his father. Uh, so uh, let's see, Rebecca, what did you think of uh, the Scarecrow origin or the Scorigin, as I call it? <laughs> I was surprised at how much I loved it. I'm not a huge Scarecrow fan, but I really liked their take on it and the way it was shot and the way the the way it was kind of the twist where like at first it's kind of the dad who is kind of messing with the toxin and then you see it's it's passed down to the son mm-hmm. uh, of course in that episode it was a little bit too on the money there was like an wasn't there an actual scarecrow there was in out in the field the, the yard? Yeah. yeah so <laughs> it was a little it was a little too on the money <laughs> but for the most part it was scary and that's what i liked about it was that the scarecrow toxin should make you kind of freak out a little bit so i mm-hmm. thought they did a really really good job with the scarecrow origin yeah, yeah my my favorite thing about it was that it ended like every scarecrow story should and that's uh jonathan crane having taken too much scary juice like freaking out mm-hmm. you know that that's no you want to end on for any scarecrow story for sure <laughs> Okay, let's see here. Uh, Amory, uh, someone who's not too familiar with the character or the comics, what did you think of the Scarecrow? It was perfectly creepy. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely creepy because, like, again, with not being familiar, I had no idea that this whole crazy thing was going. I thought this was just due to, like, Scarecrows and that was his character. Uh, <laughs> so it, it was really neat to see that um, transformation, if you will. Um, it was also kind of a fun episode or two episodes because you got to see a lot with Bullock mm-hmm. and the chick and everybody with the fear and the way that the guy was killing people was amazing to get the fear toxin. Mm-hmm. Is that what it would be? Yeah. Out of people? Like, the glands. Well, that's what it was, the glands. Yeah, 
they were going for mashing up the glands and everything in that really disgusting scene. That was yeah, disgusting. that was pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was brutal. But it, it was good. It was. It's nice to get a little bit of that gory type stuff with the show. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, do, do you would you like to see a young Jonathan Crane come back? And if so, how? Um, I could see that. I could see that. But um, I don't know if anybody's letting him out of that uh, hospital bed anytime soon. Or if he'll even want to venture out with all those uh, scarecrows surrounding him. The creepy scarecrows, yes. Which, (laughs) yes, it was very literal. But I think that's what um, made the fear... Um, not made the fear, like that's how the fear manifests for him, like mm-hmm. all the crazy juice. That just happened to be what he saw. And I don't know, it was his inspiration. Yeah, it, it kind of, it kind of felt almost like the same note as Bruce seeing the bat fly through the window. Which, which, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whether you think that's too on the nose or not, at least that's kind of like, I don't know, they're still kind of trying to play a decent cover version of the Batman mythos, so. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Okay, Bobby, uh, Scarecrow, your opinions. Did he scare you? I, I actually, that was one of my favorite episodes, at least the second part of the, uh, mm-hmm. of the two part it was. Um, uh, Julian Sands, I really liked that actor. I thought he did a good job of, I, I don't know if that's something from, I don't think that's something from the Batman mythos is that, that his father had anything to do with it, is it? Yeah, well, they, there are a couple different versions of the Scarecrow origin. I, I believe, uh, one, one of them at least involves his father, but it's not like, there every time or anything like that well it, regardless i thought they i thought they were able to fit it in well into gotham because one of my biggest complaints about the show again you know now i'm judging it as its own universe but going into it i was like how that how are they going to mix in characters from the batman mythos when we have a 12 year old batman <laughs> But uh, I thought they were able to do, especially the Batman character. I thought they were able to fit the Jonathan Crane into into it very well. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, do you, what do you think about overall? What what would you think if uh, they started having Bruce go and kind of uh, tackle some of these teenage villains that are rising up in Gotham next season? Like, I don't know, like a Jonathan Crane or a, a Pamela Isley or something like that. Ivy Ivy Pepper. I mean, <laughs> I think we're still a little early for that. To be honest, I think we still need to go down the court you know like this next season needs to deal with bruce learning who his father was and who he needs to become mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah for sure is it, so you, th- you you think he's gonna have to get a clearer picture of his father before he's ever gonna even attempt to do any of the vigilante stuff yeah i mean well not, not only a clearer picture of his father but i mean he just needs training and whatnot i mean granted you know he's becoming better and better i mean he did find out uh you know where the fireplace thing was and whatnot but he did have to tear apart the whole damn library to do it <laughs> <laughs> very true very true okay let's see here okay next case and we we're over an hour in and we're not even we're barely halfway through our list of characters so i i think this was the right tack to take in marie uh let's see here uh, the next character uh, is, is a whoa is a uh, ed enigma uh the riddle man as i believe he's called in the batman mythos now i'm gonna i'm gonna take first point here just because i want to get it off my chest and then we'll uh, throw it out to you guys and just i i loved ed i loved everything about him i think if anything his character suffered a little bit from being a little too much of a stereotype kind of like the the geeky nerdy loner stereotype i, I think he fell a little too hard into that but then again, I think they kind of saved it at the end, bringing in this really dark edge to him. Because I thought he was just going to remain kind of like that geeky, nerdy, loner stereotype who eventually just, you know, runs off and does LARPing uh, through Gotham City as, as the Riddler. 
<laughs> I, but no, it turns out, no, he's actually a complete psychopath, which I can completely respect. So I think they saved it at the end, but that was my big complaint with him. Loved the character overall, though. And I think I, I loved uh, the individual kind of uh, beats they hit with this character. I just think that sometimes he fell a little too hard into a stereotype that I might have fit into when I was a teenager. Um, but uh, let's see. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, Rebecca, what did you think of uh, Eddie Ed, Ed Nigma Riddle Man? I thought he was fun. I thought the way they had him always doing riddles when he was in the police department, that was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was disappointed with his like predictable, oh, he goes crazy over a woman storyline. I was, mm-hmm. I was not real thrilled with that. I wanted, I, w- I thought they were kind of going more with the typical issue with the Riddler because all, all the Batman villains represent something, uh, something of a psyche for Batman. And the thing about the Riddler is that he's a narcissist that mm-hmm. he, um, it, he does those riddle, riddles as, you know, a narcissistic tendency. And I thought it was great the way he would try to impress Jim and Bullock and they didn't want to have anything to do with him. And I thought that was more of a good way to show that like he was trying to be sure of himself and they kept putting him down and acting like he was no big thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that might turn him to kind of go crazy. So I was a little disappointed that it was over a woman and that he killed a guy, you know, like mm-hmm. that was, it, it was well executed. I just was not a fan of the way they did it. See, I, I, I would almost say that, uh, you know, the way that, uh, well, really, really more Harvey than Jim uh, treated him as well as, uh, you know, other people within the precinct and everything had as much to do with him flipping as Kristen Kringle ever did. And I, 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 th- I think we're going to get some more of his backstory uh, next season, which will probably help kind of support that a little more. But I think I think Kristen Kringle uh, in that whole situation was more just like the straw that broke the Riddler's back sort of thing. I and uh, like I, I know the, the the way they played it was a little weird and a little uh, stereotypical, too, with the whole like uh her her being like a you know kind of like uh the the abused woman thing kind of trying to hide it and him coming in trying to save her but i think and uh this is something that feeds back into his ego the way he left enigma on the letter there i think she did in i think she discovered that he's he did it and she's kind of into it because uh they 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 have set the precedent that she's she's the type of woman who who likes damaged goods who likes damaged guys right and so I, I think, you know, if nothing else, I, 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 I would like to see them kind of team up and start their super villain career together. Maybe she could be a Christmas theme villain or something. But, uh, so, so, you know, yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. So, so I, I agree with you. It's a little stereotypy, a little eh. But at the same time, I think that, I think, like I, with that in general, I think they kind of took a very interesting twist to it at the end there. Uh, but, uh, Anne-Marie, what did you think of, uh, Eddie overall? I, I, I know you like this character. I do. I absolutely love Enigma, and I wanted more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on, small person. Um, <laughs> he likes it. He loves it. Um, his favorite character is Batman. Um, <laughs> no, it was. Oh, sorry. Um, he. There's so much there, and we've barely touched the surface. And I kind of want to see where it goes. Um, I'm interested to see how they get there. Um, mm-hmm. It did seem to escalate rather quickly. Yes. <laughs> um, so I can only assume that the crazy um, part of him, hold on, buddy, um, started a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, 
that is one of the nice things about Gotham is we have been getting all these origins. So that would be one that's interesting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually kind of, the way everything's set up, wish that he was season two instead of season three. Yeah. Um, I kind of, like, they already sort of set that to go and in for season two and just to touch on, um, the Joker for season three or season two to set him up and everything and then to explode in season three. That makes so much more sense to me. Mm-hmm. But hey. We will see how we go with Mr. Enigma. Yeah, and I, I would almost guess that we'll see him uh, slightly, uh, like, lightly approaching the uh, whole supervillain thing in season two as oh, well. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 absolutely. Would like, I would like to see, if nothing else, him hook up with, like, uh, Penguin and maybe, like, Jerome or something, too. You know? Well, him and Penguin didn't really get along so well. No, no, but, uh, you know, in most will they, won't they relationships, it starts out kind of, kind of icy. So <laughs> I, I, I have high hopes. I, you know, one that one interesting rumor that came up over on the Gotham uh, subreddit this week was that, uh, Rain Wilson is being considered, uh, being considered, uh, for a, a part, uh, related to Ed's past. Uh, now whether that's like a flashback to his father or maybe like an, I was thinking maybe like an old professor of, uh, detection or, or whatever it is that does. I forget his official title, but you know, maybe Brian like his. Dicks. Forensics. Forensics, that's it. Uh, but maybe like it could be like his previous mentor or something like that. And we could see kind of, uh, that relationship, uh, kind of, uh, develop and kind of shape who Ed is too. But I, I, I'd l- I definitely would love to see some more Ed background for sure. Uh, Bobby, what did you think of the, 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 uh, Riddle Man, Mr. Riddle Man? Um, I actually, uh, thought he was great uh don't remember uh, his name's like cory something the actor but um yeah cory michael smith i thought they did a great job of like making us sympathize with him and and maybe i'm wrong but like the scene where he showed up uh and killed uh the officer with a knife like it seemed to me like the dude almost like ran into the knife before before digma started stabbing him oh yeah so so do you think ed was just like oh well i like i i have to finish this now like it just happened yeah exactly exactly and and, and then it's just a you know slippery slope into mm-hmm. you know the riddler what you know what happened over the next you know few hours where he dumped his body into a bag and then carried him through the precinct <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> so messed up they, that was but as far a, as what you were saying with the Rain Wilson thing, that seems interesting. It'd be cool to see him as like a, a forensic professor who like used riddles in his lessons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And I, I definitely think that, you know, that whole stabbing scene was pr- probably one of the most nuanced performances we've gotten on Gotham the entire season because – you, you just like see the progression of, oh, that happened. Oh, I better keep doing it. Oh, wait a second. I shouldn't be doing this. Oh, wait a second. I kind of like it. Oh, wait a second. It's done and he's dead. You know, exactly. You, you just see all those little deci- decisions mm-hmm. in his eyes as it goes through. And it, it, it's like, yeah, yeah, someone who has acted in the past, very well done, Corey Michael Smith. I very, very much admired his, his performance there. And I, yeah, definitely looking forward to seeing more of the Riddler uh, going forward here. And I, also, I would just like to mention that Bobby uh, tweeted a picture of himself out to Donald Logue, uh, Harvey Bullock, uh, saying, uh, that, uh, wanting his opinion, uh, whether or not Bobby could cosplay. So hopefully, maybe, <laughs> maybe we might get something from Donald here before we're out. Who knows? We'll see. Next uh, character <laughs> is uh, a character, cre- the, the first big villain created specifically for Gotham. I had, a, had the biggest arc of the season for a villain, three episodes. The Ogre. Uh, I forget the actual uh, character's name. Squee! Hey, Marie, why don't we start with you since uh, this is uh, your boy Milo? I can't help it. 
did. As soon as he was announced, I got excited. I was like, my worlds are colliding. Well, you're familiar um, with this uh, actor, uh, Milo uh, Vitamilia, uh, from uh, Gilmore Girls, who, which uh, John Stevens... And from uh, Heroes. Yes, and from Heroes, but uh, John Stevens from Gotham uh, worked on Gilmore Girls, too, so connection. Exactly. So, um, I, he was amazingly creepy. Like, uh, and I kind of almost could see him and Barbara starting up a team together. <laughs> <laughs> they just sort of they made sense which is disturbing and creepy and awful all at the same time mm. so no it, it was just you know the fun thing about this being a tv show that does have a weekly freak of the Ge- freak of the week type of thing um freak of the geek Freak of the geek. Um, is you are going to get some you know you're going to get actors you're familiar with and it's really fun to see them do some different roles and you know, from the roles that I'm familiar with him from, this is completely different. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that that makes it fun. That makes the show entertaining and um, interesting. Oh, definitely. I, what did you think of? Uh, did you think he made a good villain? Because, I mean, like like we said, you're more familiar with him in kind of like a nice guy, kind of good guy kind of roles. Did you think he made a decent villain? I think he played a very good villain. Mm-hmm. I think it was very good. Um, I was scared of him. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, no, I, I really liked him. It was nice to see him. Um, though it's probably best that he got killed. <laughs> probably, probably. probably. I, I, I will say uh, the mighty uh, Crispy in the chat room, as far as the Riddler says, I don't think they played hard enough on the I'm smarter than everyone else aspect for the Riddler. Uh, that'll probably, I think that was a, a lot of that was off the line, kind of behind the scenes of the character. But that's probably, I, I think that's going to come out more uh, front and center as we move forward for sure. Okay, uh, Rebecca, what did you think of the ogre overall? Uh, Fifty Shades of Slay, I believe we, we referred to it as. <laughs> Yeah, he was very scary. I, I'm i like uh, Anne-Marie that I know him from Heroes as one of, you know, the, the good guys. He he was a guy who cared for other people. He was like a, a nurse, if I remember correctly, like he uh, like a yes. hospice kind of a nurse. Like he took yeah, care he of like people who were dying. And so to see him in this role was it showed to me what a good actor he is because he was pretty terrifying and very controlling, manipulating uh, the circumstance with Barbara. And of course, she kind of fell into it in a weird way. But Mm -hmm. it was funny to me how he knew because he kept telling her like, you're the one all these other women you know i could tell were not the one for me and so somehow he could he and barbara kind of did have this sense that they shared kind of the same weird interest but then it what was scary to me is that when she realized what was up she kind of couldn't get out of it and that's like one of the scariest parts of it for me is that even if she knew what was going on there was no way for her to escape um and even inside of her own you know even inside of a, a a really nice apartment, he was very wealthy and had a nice apartment and all this stuff. And she did not want to be there because he was keeping her there. Mm-hmm. So he was very terrifying. And I thought the end where it's like the twist, I know we're going to talk about Barbara, but the twist that he kind of gets her to kill her parents. I was like, mm-hmm. whoa. That is hardcore. So he ended up being a very, very good villain. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and just the right kind of psychopath for Gotham City, for sure. I, but <laughs> Bobby, uh, what did you think of the ogre overall? Bobby? Hello. Sorry, I didn't realize my mic was me. Oh, it's there. cool. Sorry. <laughs> um, I thought that uh, I thought he was great. I thought that it definitely escalated the show to another level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like uh, 
Rebecca was saying about Barbara. Um, and I guess like Anne-Marie was saying, I mean, he, he obviously had to die. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's a shame we only had him for two episodes. Well, three. I think it was three episodes. Like, yeah, no, yeah. you're right. You're right. It was three. We had those flashbacks and then the mm-hmm. two that he was in, I think. Yeah, dude, I was actually just about to ask, and this is open up to anyone on the <clears throat> on the panel for sure. Like, do you think the ogre deserved three episodes when, you know, like the scarecrow only got two? Or do you think do you think it was just enough too much? What do you think? Panel answer. I think it was good because it wasn't just about him. It was about low setting him up. And that was really what that first episode was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, it had to set the premise and there just had to be somebody there. He really didn't get too much of that episode. He only had what, those flashback creepy, weird scenes. Um, it wasn't completely devoted to him. It was devoted to Jim learning about him mm-hmm. and how the realization that Loeb was using him to kill Jim, basically. Fair enough, fair enough. Hey, what do you think, Rebecca? Too much, not enough? Oh, I t- totally 100% agree with Anne-Marie that the reason that his arc was a little longer was that it encompassed a lot of different story elements, whereas like with the Scarecrow, it was ma- it was mainly just setting up him as a character and what he will be in the future. Mm-hmm. But I think with this ogre storyline, it did kind of, it was about other characters just as much as it was about him. So I 100% agree with Anne-Marie on that. And I, Bobby, I'm assuming you're the same. You basically said as much beforehand. You, you agree? It was just right? Yeah, I mean, there's not much. Yeah, it was, there's not much to add. You know, like they said, I mean, specifically Barbara, you know, it just, it carried us into the finale, you know, the, that mm-hmm. three episode arc led up to where Barbara was going and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I was, I was just thinking about Barbara's fight with uh, Leslie and it made me laugh. Well, it, oh. <laughs> don't worry. Well, I'll kind of stay mom on Barbara. Cause I want to bring her up a little later, but I uh, will get to her in just a second. I, I will say the mighty crispy in the chat room says uh, the yogurt was great. Uh, nice that they were freed from all the bonds that come with the iconic villains. And yeah, well, there's a DC Comics character called the Ogre. Nothing about this character has anything to do with that character. I, uh, in w- one of the uh, original characters they came up with for this series, and I, I thought he was really good too. Like, I, I think of anything that, that episode with the flashbacks, I would have liked to have seen maybe more just like a, a first encounter sort of thing with them. But then again, that might have felt a little similar to the Scarecrow episode too. So what are you going to do? Okay. Let's see here. A uh, Barbara. Barbara, Barbara, crazy pants, Kian, Kian, Barbara, Barbara <laughs> Kian, uh, a, a very controversial character uh, throughout the entire uh, run of the series. People uh, hated her, then loved to hate her, then loved her <clears throat> because they hated her. Uh, but I, 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 I want to see what you guys uh, say about her. I, like I said, I'm going to stay pretty mum on this issue, but I will go ahead and start with Amory, Amory, Barbara, don't be a Barbara, darling. I won't be a Barbara. Um... <laughs> Okay, so I wanted to like her in the beginning. Maybe it's, you know, the girly feministness in me that I was like, all right, girl character, yay. <laughs> um, but I was just like, okay, and boring. I want to sleep. You're not doing anything. When you are, it's crazy and under the influence of something. Um, and then she just disappeared. And that felt a little weird and almost out of the blue. So, I mean, I guess we should have figured that they were setting up for something crazy mm-hmm. um, when she disappeared like that. But those last couple episodes, I think, I mean, she took she took it to out of the park. Like, it was amazing. It went to a whole nother level. Um, I can't wait to see what happens next. 
And honestly, I did not picture her being the one to kill her parents. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really, yeah, that that, that completely shocked me, me too. <clears throat> yeah, um, it makes sense, but I mean, in the little bit that we get in the Invo or the Hamber, um, she seems surprised by it, and she mm-hmm. even says. I believe in the finale that she didn't know they were going there. He yeah. told her they were going there. Like he, yeah, he kept saying, you know, tell me who, tell me who. But I think she just sort of, you know, passed out again and he mm-hmm. just took her and she didn't realize until they were almost there where they were going, which makes it all the more like insane. Yeah. And I kind of ha- ha- got the impression when, when they found her in, in their, her parents' mansion and everything, like, I don't, I don't think she was ready to admit to herself that the reality of the fact that she had killed them either. You know, like she was just kind of, I, I think she was just kind of like, kind of stuck <laughs> for a while there mentally. I don't even know if she was upset. Mm-hmm. Like when she looks at Jim and says, you're not supposed to be here. I think it was because her and the ogre were, you know, enjoying the fruits of their spoils or whatever. Like yeah. they were just hanging out and maybe planning their next move. Cause I really think that when that, you know, evil part of her was surfaced, it, it, it took hold. Oh, for sure. It, it, it was the dominant personality pretty quickly. I, okay. Let, sure. Let's see here. I, or our, our buddy Andy from the Flash podcast, he, he's kind of sitting quietly on the line here listening to us gab, but he, he, he has something he wants to say about, about Barbara. Andy, you there? Here's the thing. Okay. A few episodes before the finale, I was like f- trying to find a way of trying, of sending a truck down to Gotham City, so, something that would just drive over her. <laughs> then we would take her into the world of Arrow, put her into the Lazarus pit, bring her back, and run her over again. And then we do the process over and over and over. <laughs> That's how much I despise this character. She well, was a freaking drag. I, I will I'm say done. I will say that if you took Barbara, killed her, put her in the Lazarus pit, she'd come out completely sane. Yeah, you know, probably. Yeah. No, 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 no. She, it would make her worse. Because there's no mind left there to fix. <laughs> That's just me. Carry on. I'm going to mute myself again. Thank you so much. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, Andy votes for the killing of Barbara Keen. Not the actress, Aaron Richards, who we love, but the character, Barbara. Uh, okay, uh, let's see here. But, but, you know, resurrecting by Lazarus Pit. Over, actually, that's kind of a doomsday's origin, isn't it? Uh <laughs> killed brought back to life all that kind of stuff okay uh let's see here i'm gonna pick between the two people who haven't talked about barbara yet i'm going to pick bobby bobby what do you think about barbara barbara uh (laughs) i kind of agree with andy's sentiment uh a sentiment (laughs) about about barbara i hated her uh she belonged with fish Mm. uh swimming with the fishes i don't yeah i just don't didn't care for her at all. It, it took her killing her parents to make her even the least bit interesting. Mm-hmm. Hey, so, but, yeah. So, so, uh, you're, you're on the same boat kind of hated her, hated her, hated her. Okay. She's okay. Cause she's weird now kind of thing. He, more or less. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm interested to see where they take the character with her killing her parents <laughs> and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, again, like I said, that's pretty rough that, that, that it took a character killing her parents for me to show any kind of interest in her. Well, I, and, uh, this will probably lead into something you want to talk about too, Rebecca, but, uh, do you guys think that she, uh, that Leslie bashing her skull into the floor a billion times killed her or not? And we'll start with you, Rebecca. Oh, gosh. I don't know. I, part of me is like with, with you guys, like Barbara was terrible and 
she it seemed like they didn't really know what to do with her and mm-hmm. the only times i really liked barbara was when she was like house sitting or not house sitting when she was kind of babysitting with uh selena and, and ivy like when she had them kind of staying in her house that was like the most I fun barbara, that. Uh-huh. that was the most fun barbara <laughs> ever was it. but uh yeah. but part but part of me is like i really don't want leslie to have killed somebody that is pretty hardcore. For, but I mean, I know it's self-defense, but yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think I would like to see Barbara stay alive just because it would make kind of a really in- interesting dynamic between kind of the, the love triangle there that they created with Jim and Barbara and Leslie just to see kind of what happens with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know what else you could do with Barbara. Yeah. See, uh, the one thing I'm, ki- yeah, I was going to say the one thing I'm kind of hopeful <laughs> for is that, you know, if she did live through that then you know she she's a uh, pretty much uh the textbook example of somebody who belongs in arkham and as far as we know uh jerome is too so jerome's there and i i kind of peg barbara is almost kind of a proto harley quinn if uh jerome is joker yes, yes, jr yes, 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 then uh harley or uh, then barbara will be uh Harley Quinn Jr. or whatever. And I, 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 I th- can see that. Yeah, especially considering we we kind of got this impression from Barbara's uh, dialogue and stuff. I it, When she was talking to Leslie that she she is really into damage guys and guys who will damage her in a way, too. So I think, uh, you know, that's very Harley-esque and uh, very something that Jerome slash the Joker might be into considering his problems w- with his mother. Uh, so uh, Well, there, they can bond over that. They've both done that. Yeah, they they, they both hated their parents for different reasons. But um, (laughs) they have something to talk about on the first date, at least. Uh, And uh, (laughs) let's see. uh, Mom with Moxie in the chat room says, uh, "Yeah, Barbara has Harley Quinn. That's what I thought." I, which a lot of people have thought that, and a lot of people have been like, eh, but we'll see, I guess. Okay, so the last characters we have to talk about on on our list here are uh, ones that haven't been seen too much, actually. And that's uh, Renee Montoya, Crispus Allen, and Harvey Dent. Now, uh, it has been announced that Harvey Dent's going to be a series regular in season two, so we're going to be seeing plenty more of him. So maybe we won't talk about him so much, because you know what? We'll talk about him plenty next season. But Montoya and Allen, what happened here? These are characters that are hooked in, in, a, in a big way, and... And have been since the 90s into the DC universe, into the very uh, origins of this show in Gotham Central, uh, kind of like the inspirations for this show in Gotham Central. And what's the deal, yo? Where, where are Montoya and Allen? And what did you guys think of them to begin with? I guess we'll go ahead and start with Amory if she's there. Hold on. I'm dealing with something. That, okay. Oh, come back to me. Okay. We'll come back to Amory. Why don't we start with Rebecca then? Uh, I was under the impression when Gotham started that it was going to be kind of like a Gotham Central where you got to meet the Gotham City Police Department folks because there is no Batman. So the police are kind of the people who are going to have to go out and solve the crimes and get the bad guys. And I was really into that because that's something that we haven't seen a whole lot of like you get a little bit of that in like the dark knight trilogy and on uh batman the animated series but i was really hoping to see more of the gcpd and so Mm -hmm. when montoya and allen kind of just disappeared i was like this is kind of not what i signed up for i mean it was still good but i would like to see more of the gcpd so i would like to see them come back oh yeah for sure and uh ton in the chat room says hashtag bring back renee yes please and uh bring bring her yes please i i would love to see her meet a little guy named Vic sage at some point too yeah yeah, that's all i'm gonna say uh question renee montoya please i bobby what what about you what did you think about montoya and allen overall and uh do you miss them how much do you miss them bring back montoya and allen yes (laughs) um no uh, 
seriously, I mean, like you were saying though, aren't weren't they season regulars? They, I mean, yeah, you were for, saying like, oh, we won't talk about Dent, but I mean, mm-hmm. it, it seems like a lot of shows do that. They they bring on these side characters as season regulars, and we all get so happy to have them as season regulars, and then they don't do anything with them. Yeah, they just like drop off real quick. Yeah, it's it's I like just, did oh go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, did they not test well or something? Because they sort of dropped right around when the um, original season stopped. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I got the impression that they were there kind of to uh, chase down uh, bad boy, secretly good boy Jim Gordon as he uh, dealt with the underside of Gotham through the Penguin and everything. Right. Like, they were there to kind of hunt him down. And then they just kind of they couldn't figure out anything else to do with them after that almost. <laughs> Which is crazy to me because Jim introduces them to Bruce. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to be picking up that story, which, you know, Bruce seemed okay with. Why has he not been able to get a hold of them to get his help with the Wayne Enterprises? Mm -hmm. Also, obviously, I'm done dealing with what I had to deal with. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah, like, I don't understand why they disappeared. And I don't understand why they make these people season regulars and make us all be like, yay, we're going to get to see them. Even if it's only one or two scenes a week, we still get one or two scenes a week. And then they just disappeared with no mention. Like, sometimes even when a character has that sort of situation happen, they're still mentioned, mm-hmm. but it's like these guys never existed. Well, I think, you know, definitely mm-hmm. uh, the lack of faith that Bruce is showing in Gordon right now, if, uh, you know, this whole stoic thing uh, going down uh, below the manor works out for him, I could definitely see him kind of like looking up Montoya and Allen behind Gordon's back and, uh, you know, calling them into service to try and hunt down shiny shoes, you know? <laughs> oh, shiny shoes. <laughs> But uh, Bobby, you were going to say something? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay. I was just laughing. I don't think I was going to say anything. <laughs> well, no laughing, Bobby. We, we're not allowed to have fun here, for sure. I, uh, <laughs> I, one small thing I'd like to throw out there, and j- this is just something that's occurred to me uh, when they stopped showing up, and I figured I'd throw out there one more time. I really kind of get the impression that since Montoya introduced Dent to Gordon, that once Dent comes back into the story, Montoya and Alan might too. So I, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. I'm hopeful that next season they'll, they'll be showing up there and... Uh, I, earning that uh, title credit they get at the beginning of, the, of every episode that annoys me because I know they're not in the episode. Uh, let's see. Have here. we gotten confirmation that they're series regulars next season? I don't think we have confirmation one way or the other. The only confirmation for because anything I've time- seen is that the DVDs are coming out September 8th. That's all I know. That's really late. It is, yeah. right? Super late. Well, they yeah, want to put them out as close to the new season coming out to try to garner interest and yeah. all I, that kind of stuff. I'm hoping it'll come out on Netflix okay. before that, though, so people can get caught up before the new season. Yeah, I know. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, I wanted to watch that, but then there was five episodes gone, and I, I just can't catch up. I'm like, who are you? Who doesn't <laughs> have a, a weekend where they sit and catch up on all their shows? Yeah, yeah I, I would like to go ahead and uh, mention here, if you haven't uh, donated to our fundraiser yet, still plenty of time, and uh, we're, we're closing in on uh, the last uh, 25 minutes or so of our section of the marathon, but we'll be back to talk with everybody a little later on. But you can donate at dctvpodcast.com slash fundraiser, and uh, give some money there to the uh, uh, Winship Cancer Institute of Emory University. Really great cause. We would love uh, to be able to give them as much scratch as possible because they're doing really, really good work over there. Okay, let's see. Where are we on this? Okay, so we're done with characters. Yay! We, it only took us an hour <laughs> and 40 minutes to talk about the characters. And we didn't even talk about all of them. Well, I don't. There's no Selena here. There's no... Uh, 
anything like that, but it's okay. So, okay, let, let's go ahead and uh, discuss what's your favorite episode of the season so far. And I guess uh, we'll go ahead and start with uh, Rebecca. What was your favorite season so far or a favorite episode of the season? Oh, I couldn't pick one. I really couldn't. I My first episode that I like loved, 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 loved was Lovecraft, which Fitting. I guess is appropriate because it's it has love in the title. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that one because of all the Bruce and Selena stuff. Like pretty much any episode that I liked in Gotham season one had Bruce and Selena together in scenes. Mm-hmm. And I liked the blind fortune teller. We talked about how um, awesome Jerome was. So that was a really good episode. It was fun to see like um, the flying Grayson's and all of that. So that was a, a good Batman-y episode. And mm-hmm. Beasts of Prey was another one that kind of stuck out to me because that was the one, correct me if I'm wrong, that was the one where Bruce and Selena are investigating the whole Reggie thing. Yeah, and that's the one where yeah. Selena pushes him out the window. I thought that was a great episode because it changed the game for Bruce and Selena's relationship. Like that was something where it solidified Bruce's I don't think I can kill people. And Selena was like, I'm going to do it if I have to. And that mm-hmm. was a, a total uh, nailing down of their characters and their characterization. So I thought that was a great moment in the season. So I, those would be my top three. Lovecraft, The Blind Fortune Teller, and Be Sabre. Yeah, yeah. And as for me, I, I'll have to go with The Blind Fortune Teller, too. Uh, just because, well, for one, uh, my dad, I, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before. My dad was a magician in the circus. So I love a good circus oh, story cool. anyway. And uh, they also included a lot of fundamental stuff, like you said, like, uh, you know, the Jerome thing and the whole like uh, origin of Robin thing, uh, Haley's Circus and all that. So really cool to see all that. And I get if I had to pick a second one, I uh, pr- it would probably be uh, the Balloon Man uh, from the first half of the series, just because uh, Balloon Man is almost like my ideal image of like the perfect like Batman villain, just because it's so like on the nose and a little corny but has like he's a he's a villain who if nothing else had a really good philosophy behind him or a really strong philosophy behind him which is something essential in any good batman rogue and i kind of kind of felt like he was kicking off the the age of the supervillains in gotham city too so that was kind of fun okay uh let's see here uh amory what, what was your favorite episode or episodes okay um some of my favorites are definitely with first um, beasts of prey just like rebecca said everything with Bruce and Selena is just amazing um, and it's really I know we said this earlier but the teenagers on the show are phenomenal and when we get to see them featured it's all the more exciting because they're really good actors for being so young mm-hmm. and you believe everything they're doing so that is um, pretty cool um, Dan Vore the Hammer because I really did like um, everything with the ogre and Barbara and her parents and all of that uh, was really cool um, and then another one that we haven't really touched on even remotely was what a little bird told him oh yeah uh, with Liza and Falcone and fish like I completely loved that entire thing like I don't think I think that's the first time we've said Falcone in the entire episode oh. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> He's kind of important. Oopsie doodle. Um, but I just, well, whatever. Falcon doodle. Um, but it was really neat to see, um, the approach that Fish was taking to, well, take him down and to become the queen of Gotham, if you will, <laughs> um, by using Liza I am the queen of and Gotham. the way. I'm the queen of Gotham. Um, <laughs> so it was really, I, I just really liked that. I liked all this stuff with 
Falcone and the chickens and mm. the penguin who we raved about in the beginning and have barely mentioned <laughs> well, stuff like that. We got it all out up top. It's okay. It's okay. We got it out. It's fine. It's fine. Although uh, he was the little bird and what a little bird told him. So I guess he has that this going for him, which is nice. Okay. He has uh, that going for him. All right. Bobby Hawk. What, what was your favorite episode overall? Um, uh, As well as Rebecca and Anne-Marie said, I loved Beast of Prey for the interaction between um selena and bruce mm-hmm. uh i really enjoyed the second uh part of the scarecrow arc and uh viper uh, i haven't heard anyone mention i thought oh, Viper yeah. was a really good episode i think it was like the fourth episode and it was like the first episode i can remember like giving like an origin to like actual batman mythos stuff Mm-hmm. Um, it was also the first one with uh, Bruce Bruce Wayne going to a society uh, gala sort of thing, <laughs> a society gala. But like, I did not see the whole Viper Venom connection coming at all, and so I thought I, it was like one of the biggest like surprises to me in the show, and I thought it, it played out pretty well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and I, I would definitely like to see them kind of like follow that thread out and do something more with that. I, I would even like to see like an episode where I don't know young Bruce gets exposed to it or whatnot because that's how it came across in the comics originally right batman got addicted to it uh to the Mm -hmm. venom i believe so Mm -hmm. yeah so that would be kind of cool to see like uh i don't know see what david really has see if he can play a junkie (laughs) (laughs) okay let's see here i I guess we'll move on to uh favorite characters here we have about uh 15 more minutes here uh let's see here uh dun 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 amory favorite character or characters Um, if I had to pick one, I honestly picked Selena. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really enjoyed her journey so far. Um, and you really have seen her go from street kid to being calculated and, you know, very methodical with what she's doing. Mm-hmm. But I also love the penguin for everything we've said and more. Um, Zaz just entertains me thoroughly. And well, <clears throat> Montoya and Alan, <laughs> who knows if we'll get them back. Yeah, you've really, I, it was kind of surprising. And like we said, you know, you're not a big comic fan or anything, but you've really hooked into Zaz, which is like, considering, I did. <laughs> considering where that character goes, it's kind of, it goes, it's kind of like, uh, I, I hope you're willing to stick with your decision because he gets really, really, really weird, like even weirder than he has been on the <laughs> show. So. And I completely believe that. I, sometimes it just takes that one story to hook you in. Mm or that one portrayal of that character. Yeah. And I think the guy who's doing it is he's making that interesting. And also it's a really fun name to say. Zaz. <laughs> and all um, that Zaz. Zaz, yes, <laughs> because it makes me do that every time we talk about it. We're trying to avoid it. I, I will um, say as far as favorite episodes, the Mighty Crispy in the chat room says, I think my favorite episode would have been Beast of Prey and the season finale. Uh, and uh, Andy says in the chat room that Zaz, uh, the character or the actor who plays Zaz was on flash this past week so uh oh that's right yeah with the um uh metahumans when they mm-hmm. when they get out of uh, star labs yep that's right okay so rebecca what was your that favorite? would explain why we haven't gotten that much of him he, he, he was, was on other shows he was off in central city so uh, <laughs> yeah he was locked up <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's see, Rebecca, what were your favorite characters? Uh, well, Penguin, I mean, he just was a standout. Uh, so that is a kind of a no brainer for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really happy when Marina Baccarin was cast and we got to see her. And, and this was kind of the, the first live action Dr. Leslie Tompkins. Oh, yeah. So I was really excited. I was really excited about her, and I'm glad we're going to get more of her next season. I, I hope we get more, more of her Mar- with Bruce, though. 
Oh yes. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. More, uh, more Marina Baccarin and more Dr. Tompkins is a great thing in my book. And I was really taken with the Selena and Bruce relationship. I, I, I'm a huge bat cat shipper. I know we kind of dogged on the, <laughs> the shipping earlier, but, uh, but I'm a bat cat shipper, uh, since I was nine years old. No, no, 12 years old when, uh, nice. Batman Returns came out. Nice. And, uh, and I, I really um, kind of struggled with Bruce at the beginning because I was like, ah, I don't, I don't know if I, I feel this young Bruce. But by the, the time that we got to the finale, I was like, this is a Bruce who is going to become Batman. And so I, I'm, I'm totally behind him 100% now. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, uh, Baba Hawk, what do you think? Favorite characters? Uh, you might Hello, be able- uh, Sorry. It's cool. Yeah, I got it again. Sorry. <laughs> the dogs were barking. Um, but I've mentioned it time and time again. Uh, Donald Logue is one of my favorite actors, so I really love his portrayal of uh, Bullock. Mm-hmm. And you look uh, like him. I, f- <laughs> I find it like I was kind of hesitant because I didn't picture Donald Logue as Bullock going into the show because he doesn't look anything like like the animated series version of Bullock. But uh, I just love what he did with the character. Uh, of course, everyone loves Penguin. Uh, I love Bruce. And then one of my favorite side characters of the show is Gabe, like the Penguin's henchman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I love that guy. <laughs> I don't know why. Just every little, every time I see him, I'm like, Gabe. <laughs> he, he's just like he's down for whatever, but he he's really good about asking the questions that we're asking about the penguins plan at that point. You know, like what yeah, the heck are you are, doing? Are you sure this penguins? is? A, yeah, <laughs> are you sure about this, boss? <laughs> nice. Uh, I respect all of those answers, especially the last one for sure. I, I as for me, I'm probably gonna have to go with Alfred. Uh, just because he's he's snarky, he's witty, he's loyal with a heart out. Ass side if he needs it and he he's also kind of the father father that bruce needs right now if not the one he deserves i obviously mm. the one he deserves is the one that uh is dead buried in the ground rip thomas wayne <laughs> the stoic i uh, know but I, I i just love alfred and I, I like i said uh some of my favorite moments in the series ha- have just been alfred uh kind of just uh ribbing bruce a little bit bit about a crush with selena and everything he, he's just uh he, he's he's the alfred we know and love with just a little bit of a harder edge to him uh which i kind of like too especially you know i'm a big uh as far as like the batman mythos i am really steeped in the silver age batman mythos and that was kind of a big part of alfred's character in the silver age that kind of got glossed over as we uh, moved ahead through uh, the crisis on infinite earth and everything in the eighties. So it's kind of uh, cool to see that aspect of his character folded back into it. And we kind of saw that in Smallville too, with kind of like the, the Lex Clark friendship uh, back in the silver age, kind of being reintroduced in the modern retelling. So kind of cool too. Okay. Uh, let's see as far as favorite storyline arc, and I'll go ahead and start this one off. And uh, for me, that would probably be uh, the Barbara arc overall. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed it just because I, I always kind of had her pegged as someone who was going to flip and go super villainy, probably like within the first few episodes, uh, probably from the first time that uh, she interacted with Zaz. I was like, OK, they're they're going a weird kind of cool, dark place with her. And I also liked it that uh, and this became especially apparent in the finale, but that she was someone who just uh Wanted a little bit of a dark edge in her life because she was from such, you know, kind of a rich, privileged background and everything. And then when she got that dark edge, oh, it was way darker than she ever wanted it to be and way uh, more than she bargained for. And it was just kind of cool seeing that that sort of like a high society veneer slowly kind of get chipped and slip away on her. 
And, uh, y- you know, once Gotham got its hooks in her, it kind of pulled her down uh, into the darkness forever. Uh, so if she's still alive, I think uh, she's going to be a pretty compelling, if not supervillain, which I think probably supervillain, at least an interesting thing for uh, Jim to run into when he's coming over to Arkham to uh, question somebody else. Uh, so uh, let's see here. Um, Bobby, uh, what was your favorite storyline this this season? Muted, maybe? Yeah, I keep doing that. I'm so sorry, though. <laughs> no, it's Jesus. fine. It's fine. I called you out. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I really I really enjoyed like the dynamic between Bruce and Selena. That's probably my favorite. But then uh, the dynamic, you know, like the bond that grew between uh, Bullock and uh, Gordon. Mm-hmm. I re- you know, like Gordon hated Bullock, or rather the other way around. Bullock hated Gordon when the show first started. And, you know, it's made it believable over the course of these 22 episodes, you know, that that Bullock not only likes him, but respects him. And, you know, like you said earlier, like cares about him enough to tell him, dude, you're going down the wrong road. You might want to sit this one out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I will say uh, the Mighty Crispy in the chat room says uh, Penguin and Selena were favorite characters for sure. OK, uh, let's say uh, Rebecca, favorite storyline. Uh, the Scarecrow two-parter. I was just so uh, blown away by how it brought something new to the table for me, at least, with the Scarecrow. And I thought it was shot really well, and I wanted to see more of it by the time it was over. So that that just, that small little two-parter was like my favorite uh, kind of story that took place this season. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, let's see here. Anne-Marie, your favorite storyline or arc? Mr. Nigma. Riddle Man. Mr. Nigma. Riddle Man. Um, I didn't really know what to expect going into this, uh, just because as the Riddler, you sort of think of, or I think of him as like goofy and, you know, the big questions all over the suit and mm. craziness like that. But I think it was just very interesting and, um, specific. Like, I love every action had a reason, if not seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and like his clues. And then does he regret his clues? Does he like the clues? Does he have any idea what's coming next? Like, it's really cool. And it's been nice to see his, um, progress towards Miss Kringle. And, um, kind of curious to see where all that goes and to see if he tones it down a little. Did he scare himself? Or is mm-hmm. it just going to ramp up pretty quick? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it will be very interesting. We do we do have, I will say, less than uh, 10 minutes left here. So we're going to have to speed through these last two topics. I will go ahead and say once more, if I for, just so I don't forget about it. If you want to donate to uh, uh, the Winship Cancer Institute, uh, which is what we're here today uh, raising money for, dctvpodcast.com slash fundraiser. I'm going to refresh the page here to see if we've got any more in there so far. Uh, unfortunately not. But thank you to everyone who's donated so far, for sure. And uh, let's see here. Okay. And, and we'll go through these real quick, guys, uh, just because I want to get to the, that last topic, too. Theories. Uh, what, what do you think is going to happen for season two? I'll go ahead and spit mine out there real quick. I think uh, once Bruce gets to the bottom of those stairs, that Thomas is going to be revealed to be to have been a masked vigilante, a la maybe the shadow or the gray ghost from Batman, the animated series, if you're familiar with that, that he'll have been working in Gotham as a vigilante. And that's why he got he got got in the first episode in the pilot episode mm-hmm. and his kind of career doing that will inspire bruce to do the same to don the cape and cow so that's my theory uh let's see here i and i guess we'll go in order as they on the dark dock here uh Anne-Marie, what's your theory for season two 
Okay, um, so we know that it's going to be the Joker for season two, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see him come to power and how he brings people to his side, um, especially if he's in Arkham and gathering more crazy people from Arkham, which we've kind of already seen a little bit this season. So it's going to be neat to see if at the end of um, the season, if he ends up taking over being the king of Gotham <laughs> as it is, or if it's still on a slow build. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, Rebecca, your theory for season two. I don't really have any theories. I just want to know more about Ivy Pepper. Does mm-hmm. she become Pamela Isley? What is her deal? I want to know more about her. And I'm interested, even though I kind of didn't like the the way things went with Ed Nigma, I do kind of want to see what happens to him mm-hmm. now that all of this has gone on and he's been chopping up bodies and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I want, to, I want to see more from Ed Nigma and Ivy Pepper. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Poison Ivy is a really good way to bring kind of that uh, supernatural side of Gotham, which we just got a little taste of this season with uh, the doll mocker or doll maker, uh, Dr. Dollmacher and everything. So uh, I, I really hope they kind of explore that side more in season two for sure. Okay, uh, Bobby, uh, your theories for season two. Um, I think, like you said before, we're probably going to go into the Court of Owls. Probably that's what Thomas will have been investigating. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he'll find a lot of that stuff in the cave. Yeah. And then I wanted to know more about Alfred's past. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause we've just got a little taste of that. Right. And more, more just like dialogue than anything. It would be, I, I, I think Gotham could use some flashbacks like we see on a, in most of the people here still watch it once upon a time, like Gotham, mm-hmm. would, it would be nice to have a couple <laughs> little flashbacks to kind of fill in a little bit of the backstory and everything too. So hopefully we'll see that. Well, we can't fault them. We did get a few. We did get a few with the ogre, but those were and with Donald Logue as well, uh, with him and his former Oh, part. yeah, we did with Donald Logue. Very true. So Very we true. do actually get them. We just need them. <laughs> we need more. more. <laughs> okay, and let's see, guys. We're going to go through these super, super quick, but I wanted to get them in here. Uh, gun to your head. Let's get critical. What's one thing the show could improve on? I think the show kind of faltered uh, personally uh, after episode 16, but I think that was because of the episode order stretch. I think uh, they need to really find a hardcore defined story to tell over the course of 22 episodes instead of having to put in all those filler episodes and maybe uh, dial it back on the speed at which they introduce characters because I don't have a problem with it. A lot of people do. Emery? Um, can we get back to the Wayne murders with everybody instead of just, <laughs> oh, Bruce? Um, it's kind of the inciting incident of everything and, well, we haven't heard from it in weeks. Spinning months. wheels. Yeah, just, we're just hanging out or not even thinking about it. <laughs> okay, uh, Rebecca, critical. Critical words for the Gotham creators. What do you think? The show needs a better format, period. Um, sometimes I think it, it kind of, they don't know what to do with the, some of the characters. So they just kind of throw them in at the last minute. I think the finale is a good example of that. Like randomly, oh, Nygma showed up and it was like, what is happening here? Um, I would like to see them kind of adopt the Veronica Mars style of storytelling where you have one big seasonal arc and mm-hmm. then each episode you get kind of a hint or a new discovery in every episode. So that's what I would say work on the format. Definitely. And, and yeah, that might have been a situation where there was kind of that one set thing and then they got the episode order stretched out and it was a little weird but hopefully we'll get that fixed bobby uh wait, wait what's your criticism for gotham i know you have several pick one uh it needs structure like everyone else is saying but bottom line just make gordon more interesting mm-hmm. do something with that character make, make him more than just like the the chiseled jaw hero that that comes in and yeah saves he's the just he's, he's just totally one-dimensional right now i mean they tried to throw in that whole ptsd at the beginning of the season and different things like that 
But, uh, I mean, the, he's become so one-dimensional that they've tossed him to the side and focused on other characters. Yeah, and I, I think they definitely did try to circle back around to him, kind of like, well, him getting this guilt complex over Barbara uh, towards the end. But it, it did, I mean, there was so much other stuff going on. They really didn't get a chance to address it. I think that would be a good place to start, maybe, to kind of uh, give him some more characterization in season two before. Okay, well, we're about two minutes off. Uh, for Actually, here, uh, the Mighty Crispy in the chat room says, uh, Court of Owls would be great in season two or go like five years in the future where bruce is actually off learning to be batman yeah i would be completely down for kind of a flash forward between seasons at some point as well uh but we'll see there but okay let's see here yeah we're about two minutes away again the link uh to uh, donate uh to our wonderful cause winship is dctvpodcast.com slash fundraiser uh you can follow our podcast if you uh if you're not familiar either through the dctv podcast mega feed or at legendsofgotham.com. Uh, now, I guess I'll start with my uh, my lovely co-host, Amory. Amory, where can people find you online? You can find me on the Twitters at amdsimone. Okay, uh, let's. As for me, <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. Uh, let's see, Bobby, where can people follow you? Uh, at Inevitable Hawk. H-A-W-K-E. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And yeah, we love Bobby. Uh, yeah, we hear from him every week. Uh, if, you, if you've ever listened to the show, you've heard Bobby's voice for sure. And uh, let's see. Uh, finally, Rebecca, which I get you're going to be coming back a little later on the marathon too, right? Yeah. So uh, Supergirl Radio will be after the Flash podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of Supergirl Radio, you uh, can uh, I'm the co-host of that. And you can find us at SupergirlRadio.com. We're on the Twitter and the Facebook and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And you can find me personally on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. Yeah, and uh, I, I know some people, uh, well, uh, the Supergirl show is not yet, and some people were a little uneven on the trailer. If nothing else, Supergirl radio is really great because right now what they're doing is they're going through and they're covering all of the classic Supergirl stories and even like other media versions like uh, the old Supergirl movie and her appearance on Smallville, I think they did this week and everything. Really great podcast. Yep. I highly recommend you check it out. I love listening to it anytime I'm familiar enough with the story to listen to it. Uh, So let's see here. I guess that's about it. Yeah, we're right up at 6 o'clock. So uh, join us next time for more Legends of Gotham. 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 Gotham. Thank you guys so much. (laughs)